So a few weeks ago, I talked about uh, that we are God's masterpiece and going into uh, understanding of, of good works. And, and I felt like there's, there's just more in this that we need to understand. So kind of going back into it today, doing a little bit of a recap, uh, and then hopefully hitting some new just understanding revelation in this and the importance of this in our lives on this earth. Uh, I think this is something that is, is uh, sometimes we just we focus in on, on the grace side of things, and, uh, but to the point where, and we say, well, we don't need works. Actually, works is what we were created for. Um, we were given grace by God, but we were created for the, for the good works. And so if, if we don't have that full understanding of what we're created for, we actually miss out on everything that God has for us on this earth. We may still go to heaven, but, and 1 Corinthians 3 talks about it, but you go through without any good works. If everything is burned up, man, you go through uh, by the hair of your chinny-chin-chin. Like there's a, <laughs> everything else it says gets burned up. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll get into that. But I want to I wanna first just go back to what Marcus talked on last week. This was so key uh, in having this understanding. So I would encourage you to go back and listen to the message. Um, but just these, this mindset, this singular focus that, that we're required to have. And Paul's talking to Timothy, and it's, it's this final charge. It's, it's, one of, it's the last book that he writes. It's the last letter that he writes. And, and he knows he's about to... Uh, his life is about over. He's, he has run the race. He's, he's fought the good fight. He's poured out everything that he had. And he's like, now, Timothy, I'm putting it in your charge. And, and so these are some things that he's saying. And I believe we can't look at the word and just go, well, that's great. That's for Timothy. No, this is a charge for us. This is a, a commissioning for us. It's a passing of the baton, just as, as Paul passed the baton on to Timothy, uh, this is also for us. So we need to take hold of this stuff and realize how important this is in our life, which is so short on this earth, that, that we actually have the right mindset. And it's, he talks about just three things. He has, it's the mindset of a soldier, it's the mindset of an athlete, and it's the mindset of a farmer. And, and I love how Paul uses these three things to, to make such a strong point. Let me just read these verses. It says, this is 2 Timothy th- uh, 2, 3 through 6. Three verses here. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. And I would just say don't get involved in any affairs. <laughs> ha ha. <laughs> That's a good word. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> don't get involved in affairs. Don't get involved in civilian affairs. Don't get involved in the petty stuff of this life. I, I, it is amazing. Let me just stop right there. I could preach on this the whole time. I see it so much in the church. I see it in just in all in many people's lives where we get so caught up in the petty things. When you're in a battle, when you're a soldier, and when you're fighting. You don't argue about like who's in front of who or who's getting what or like who, get, who got to eat first or just the, you know, these, these, I don't know, there's so many petty things that we can fight over. Christy was talking about this at the beginning of the service. We met with this lady who is, has been persecuted. She's been imprisoned uh, multiple times for a long period of times. Uh, she's been, uh, she's gone through hell and at the same time, she has just this passion for the kingdom. She's raised up between two and 3,000 churches. Uh, she's, 
and she goes into these areas. I can't, I'm not, I can't get into details, but she goes into areas uh, where, where Jesus is not allowed to go, and she brings Jesus into these places, and there's underground churches everywhere, and she's having a massive impact. And, uh, it, but I'm telling you, she doesn't get caught up in the petty things. And, and some of the stuff that we allow to steal our joy, to steal our peace, like, we just have to shift the perspective. And that's what, that's what Paul is saying here, is shift your mindset. Have the mindset of a soldier. And, and this is one that a soldier doesn't, you know, when they're called into the army uh, and the commander goes, hey, this is where we're going, the, the soldier doesn't go, well, wait a minute. Is this going to really benefit me? Is this really good for me? No, he, he, he does exactly what the commander says because, he, he, one, he wants to live, and two, they need to be in unity because there's a battle that's at hand. There's a focus of, hey, we're, we're fighting right now in a battle, and I think sometimes the church doesn't realize we're in a battle. We're in the middle of a battle. Uh, so that's the soldier. The athlete, it's the same kind of thing. When an athlete trains, they train to win. You know, this day and age... Um, everything's changed to where we just get participation prizes, right? Uh, our kids go and run races, and they come back with a trophy or a big, like, medal, and you're like, oh, you won! And they're like, no, but I ran in the race, <laughs> right? And, and I've, it's this mindset of, in this culture that we've, we've, we're creating that you don't have to actually win this thing. You, and, and in the church, it's the same kind of thing, like, you know, you can get a C plus. You know, you're going to get through. It's, it's, it's all by grace, right? But we got to shift the mindset that we go after this. We're here to win the prize. We're here to take first place. Now, that doesn't mean pushing our brothers and sisters aside. We're coming along with them. But we're going after the prize. There is a prize. And so we have to, we got to shift that mindset and have that, that thing. The other thing is, is an athlete does not leave anything on the field. You never hear an athlete go after the race and they go, well, I would have taken first, but, you know, I'm saving up for next year. And I, I just didn't want to burn all my energy on this race. Like, no, you, you're going to leave everything on the field when it's the race time. You're going after the mark of the high calling. Like, it's, this is your opportunity. And guess what? Our opportunity on this earth, well, it seems like it's a lifetime. <laughs> it is a lifetime. It's a short lifetime. <laughs> We only have a short amount of time on this earth. So I want to encourage you, man, we got to start pressing in towards the mark of the high calling. we got to start going after it. we got to get our mind out of, the, out of the gutter sometimes, out of the other stuff, fighting with each other and say, no, we're the body of Christ. we got to be in unity. we got to come alongside each other, and we got to go after the prize. The third one is this farmer, and it's this understanding of sowing and reaping. And let me say, a farmer doesn't go, well, I'm going to put one seed there, and I'll stick one seed over there, and, oh, I hope I get a big harvest. <laughs> right? What do they do? And they pour out the seeds because the seeds are cheap compared to what they're going to get in return. And, and I think this is the mindset that we need to have as well. We need to start sowing. We need to start sowing everywhere, not focusing in on the things of this world, focusing in on the kingdom. How much are we sowing if we're going to reap a harvest? Because guess what? What you sow is what you're going to reap. And when you sow a little, you reap a little. When you sow a lot, you reap a lot, right? It, it's simple math. <laughs> and it's biblical math. 
And so I want to encourage you in that as well. Have this mindset that we are here on this earth to sow because we will reap a harvest. And how much we sow right now is how much we will reap. And I think that's where sometimes we go, well, but it's God's grace. Like he'll just, if we sow a little, he'll just, by his grace, he's going to give us abundance. Right? It doesn't actually work that way. If we read our Bible, that's not how it works. We are saved by grace through faith. But we're created for good works, and there is a reward that is for us. And if we don't operate in the good works that we're called to, we're going to miss out on all of that. I, let me just, I'm going to just jump to this right now, just to give you this understanding uh, in a better way. This is Paul in 1 Corinthians, and he says this in chapter 3. It's somewhere in there, but don't worry about it. Um, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds, for no one can lay a foundation other than the one that's already laid. That's Jesus Christ. So here's Paul saying, here's your foundation. Now, if any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw... His work will be shown for what it is. So this is the good works. Like when you build on that foundation, there are good works. This is that we lay up our treasures in heaven. It's, it's in Matthew it talks about this. And, and so we don't lay up our, our, our treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. This is that we lay it on this foundation. And it says, um, so you build up using the... the uh, Gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw. And it says, his work will be shown for what it is because the day, capital D-A-Y, will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, it says he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. You guys want to be the one escaping through the flames, or do you want to be the one who's doing the good works? And and I'm going to explain good works a little more because it is a lot different than works. We talked a little bit about it last week. Works is the things that we actually do in our own ability. Uh, The good works is what we do through the Holy Spirit. We're abiding in Christ. If we, if we step out of that abiding in Christ, if we step out of that love and we try to do works, that becomes our works. And we get the glory in that and God doesn't get the glory in it. When it's his works through us, he gets the glory. Okay. I'm all over the place here. So, uh, So let me, let me just jump back now. So Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and this is what I went through two weeks ago, is it says, for it's by grace you've been saved through faith, right? Some people just say, well, it's just by grace we're saved. It's not by grace that you're saved. If it was by grace that you were saved, everyone would be saved. So it's by grace, but it's through faith. And grace is a critical component of it. And it's, it, we talked about it where grace is like the key, So you have the key to operate the vehicle, and with faith, you begin to put the key in, and you turn, and now you're now you're activated. Now the car or the vehicle is 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 on. It's it's ready to go. So that's the the grace. 
the key. If you don't have the key, you can't start the vehicle. So it is critical. It's, it's a gift of God that we have this grace, that we now have this. We didn't have this before Christ, but now we have it. So, but then it's through faith, and here's the thing. Faith without works is dead. So when we say, well, it's grace and then faith, you've got to understand that there is a place of works involved, but it's not our work. It's not our stuff. It's his stuff. It's what he does. And so this is now what we step into, and this is what I want to I hit on. But before I do, I just want to go back. I want you to hear these verses of the importance of, of the works. So 2 Corinthians 2.10 says, we're God's workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works. This is what we're created for. Very clear. We're created to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Okay? John 17, 4. I talked about this. Jesus says, he's praying to the Father, and he says, I brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. I brought you glory by completing the work that you gave me to do. I completed the work on earth that you, that you gave me to do. It's that if Jesus hadn't done the good works on earth, we would all be in trouble. But because he did his good works, we can now step into our good works. It's out of his, it's out of that abiding in him now that we actually get to do the work. Now he sits at the right hand of the Father and he says, ask me anything in my name and I'll do it for you. And greater things will you do. Like we get to do the greater things. Let me ask you, who's doing greater things right now? Who's doing the things? Like, like the things of Jesus. Who's, who's raising the dead, casting out demons, uh, healing the sick, cleansing the lepers? Who's, are we doing it? And maybe we just have to ask ourselves, do we really believe this stuff? Because he says and he promises that you will do what I've been doing and greater things will you do when I go to the Father. So, these, and these are works it's not just sitting on our butts and going, Jesus, we love you. It, that's all good, and we have to do that. We, like, it comes out of receiving the love of the Father and the greatest love that was ever, the greatest act of love, the greatest work of love was Jesus dying on a cross. That was the greatest moment of works, and it was the greatest moment of love. There's no greater love than this and you lay down your life for your friends. There's nothing greater than that. 1 Timothy 6, 18 and 19 says this, command them to do good, to be rich in good works. This is pretty strong language. This is Paul talking to Timothy, saying, command them to do good, to be rich in good works, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. You want the abundant life of Jesus? Begin to operate in the good works that we're created to do. It's through Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. But there is a life that we live through him that is of good works. It's what we were created for. Uh, Hebrews 10.24 says, And let us now consider... Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good works. 
love and good deeds. Titus 2.14 says, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify us for himself, a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. Titus 3.8 says, this saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things, that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. So, hopefully you guys got the point. You got it? So, I feel like this morning is just, it's going to be a little challenging here, um, and hopefully convicting that uh, we're, we're not actually living up to where we should be. Uh, and that's okay. Uh, so this is not a condemnation on us, but it is a kick in the butt. for, And it's for me as well. I'm going through this going, wow, I'm not living this life. I'm not doing these things. And so I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you. We're all in this together. But my hope is that as we move forward, we begin to step up with a new understanding, with a new mindset, and begin to actually operate as the body of Christ is supposed to operate. Begin to have the impact that the body of Christ is supposed to, ha- is supposed to have. And you want to talk about joy and peace being released? We begin to operate like this. This is where the glory of the Lord comes on us. And we begin to go, wow, this is the life that we're supposed to live. If, we, if we're not living the life, if we're living in this like fear and, and anxiety, it's because we're, we're, we're looking at the wrong things right now. We're focusing in on the wrong things. His perfect love casts out fear. If you're fearful in any area of your life, it's because you don't have his perfect love in that area of your life. You're focused on something else. And as you begin to operate in the good works, his love comes upon you. There are things released in you, and and you just, you begin to get empowered by the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing. We have, when you're talking about the vehicle, it's like this. This is, this is a lot of the church, sadly enough, is I feel like we're, you know, I was talking about this is the key, it's faith, it, it's, it's grace, right? And then we stick it in the ignition, we start it up, and that's faith. But faith without works is dead. Often what we do in the church is we get in and we turn it on and we're like, oh, do you hear that engine? And like you hit the gas and you can hear the engine roaring and man, you start flipping on the blinkers and you start turning the wheel and you're like, this is awesome, (laughs) right? And you start turning the lights on, you get the seat heater going in the winter. Man, it's like, this is great. And then you turn it off, you get out and you're like, wow, that was so much fun. But you never actually put it into gear. And and I think when you you put it into gear is when you actually begin to do the, the, the good works. This is when you actually see the fruit being released. Let me, and again, I'm going to be a little challenging today, but how many of you in the last few weeks has, have led someone to Christ? You don't have to raise your hand at the same time. But <laughs> Look, how many of you have, have, have cast out a demon in the last two weeks? Okay, hey, we got a few. How many have raised the dead in the last few weeks? <laughs> Still trying. Keep it up. Go to the morgue. <laughs> it won't be long. Ray's going to be raising the dead here before we know it. But, but there is this, there's a mindset that we need to get into that we're created for these good works, but we have to actually put it into gear. 
And we talk about, well, the Holy Spirit's going to come on us. He's going to move. The Holy Spirit doesn't need to come on us and move with us when we're not moving. We can't be led by the Spirit when we're in park. Right? So I was talking about this on uh, Thursday. I had somebody had come to me and said, uh, man, your, your messages are always condemning. And I'm like, really? This was, this was, this was a long time ago. They probably were. But anyway, <laughs> but here's, no, here's the thing. There is a difference between conviction and condemnation. And, and again, I, I believe that the, the Holy Spirit's going to convict our hearts. Um, but we have to be careful that we don't actually uh, rebuke the very work that the Holy Spirit is doing in us um, and dismiss a conviction by calling it condemnation. So, so. So let's just make sure that like, we allow the convictions of the Holy Spirit to stir us and to bring us into a greater revelation and a greater understanding of what he has for us on earth. So Lord Jesus, we allow your convictions. We want your convictions. We want the Holy Spirit to convict our hearts and to bring us into this place. Uh, so I talked about... In John 15, 13 through 14, it says this, greater love has no one than this, that he laid on his life for one's friends. Jesus then says, you are my friends if you do what I command. I just want to kind of put that together just so you can see that. So here he says, I I lay down my life for my friends, and you're my friends if you do my commands. Jesus is calling us into this supernatural love. And he calls us to to do the same thing that he's done. He says, just as I've laid down my life, you're now going to lay down your life. And and I think that's a hard concept for for us to understand. Because we're like, well, if I die, I'm really kind of useless on this earth, right? Um, and, And it might be the ultimate sacrifice that we have on this earth. But but we need to lay down our lives in the sense of our pride, in the sense of our, our own like stuff that we would actually hate our lives. It, well, yeah. I don't know if I want to get into this. Uh, there's, just, there's a lot of messages out there about we, we want to love ourselves well. And, uh, and the scriptures actually say you need to hate yourself. It says... <laughs> Jesus even says, he goes, hate your mother, your father, your wife, your children, hate them all, and even hate your own life. Now, what, he wasn't actually saying that because at the same time, he says, love your neighbor as yourself, right? Love them to the point of laying your life down for them. But, but in comparison to God, in comparison to Jesus, everything else would be considered hate. And, and so it's that he is worthy and more glorified than anything else in this world, including every relationship that we have. He has to be number one. A lot of times we say, you know, that, well, I, you know, I got to put my family first. And I, no, we put God first in every situation. Now, from the other side of that, I, we, oops, just kick that down. On the other side of that, there, there is this 
Sometimes we take ministry, which I would actually consider sometimes our own works that we're getting glory in, and we begin to operate in those things, and we're trying to build up our churches, or we're trying to do these things that's not actually God's plan, and it's not His good works. And then we're saying, well, this is for God's glory, and it's actually for our own glory, and now our family's getting hurt by those things, and that is, that is a bad situation. But we do put Him first above everything else. We, we, to the point of laying down our lives. He, he's, Jesus says this. He says it to his disciples. He goes, um, oh, no. Yeah, there it is. Jesus says to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his, their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. We have to actually lose our life in order to find it. We have to lay down our own lives in order to find it. That's Matthew 16, 24, and 25. The thing is, is when we allow the cares and the worries of this world in, it, it, it's the seed and the sower, or the sower and the seed, it's that parable that Jesus talks about. It's the, it's the cares, it's the worries, it's the riches, and it's the pleasures of life that actually choke out the fruitfulness. So, it's the opposite of dying to ourselves and denying ourselves. When we deny ourselves, what we're ultimately doing is we're saying, not my will, but your will be done. We're now beginning to live as Jesus lived on this earth. And here's the thing. Ultimately, what we're, trying, what we're going after is that we would be in his will constantly, that we're living out his will. And that's, de- that's denying ourselves. That's what Jesus lived on this earth, right? To the point of, of at the cross. And he's like, if you can take this cup from me, take it. But not my will, but your will be done. You guys okay? Okay. Uh, let me read this scripture. This is 1 John 2, 15 through 17. We have it there. Good job, guys. (laughs) Thank you. Sorry, I'm all over the place, so you're keeping up with me. Um, It says, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Let me just stop there for a second and and help you to see this. So we have Jesus that that paid the ultimate sacrifice, and it says that this is love. In 1 John 3, it says this is love, defining what love is ultimately. It's Christ laying down his life for us. It's the ultimate sacrifice and the ultimate form of love. And so what we do is we receive that love. And as we receive that love, now we have the fullness of his love to be, to be able to operate out of that love, which is the good works. The problem is, is when we begin to love the things of this world, as I talked about, the pleasures, the riches, uh, the, the cares and the worries of this world. When we begin to, to do those things, what it does is it actually pulls us out. We're no longer abiding in that vine, in his vine. We're actually now saying, well, I'm going to kind of be in that vine and then I'm going to be in the worldly vine. And Jesus says, when you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. You can't be in two vines. You can't be in two places at once. You can't love both God and mammon. It's one or the other. God makes it very clear. He's like, you will have no other God before me in every area of your life. 
And so this is the life that we begin to, to walk into. And when we deny the things of this world, the love of the Father is actually in us. It's, it, everything is a different mindset from the world. I've talked about this before. There's two kingdoms, right? There's the kingdom of this world and there's the kingdom of heaven. And they are exact opposites. One's a counterfeit of the true one. And so we can't keep, we can't have our foot, we can't have one foot in each of these kingdoms. It's, it's one or the other. So if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of the eyes, this is the riches, the successes, the pleasures, the boasting of what he has and does, this is that pride that rises up, right? That it's for our glory. Those are the works that we do that, that is for, for us. Ah, it says they don't come from the Father. They come from the world. And the world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. So this is what I'm talking about. When we deny ourselves. it's ultimately living in his will. It's living for him. And guess who reveals his will? It says the Holy Spirit reveals all things. First, in John 16, it talks about the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes to reveal the will of the Father. Okay, so here's the thing I want to say in this. Um, there is, Paul says this. Let me, 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8 says, uh, this is Paul, very end of his life here, and he says, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. He knows his life is almost over. Uh, he goes, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. This is what I, I pray that we all get to this point where it's that well done, my good and faithful servant. You've actually crossed the goal line. We don't want to be a church that we're talking about in terms of football, like you get to the five-yard line and you're like, oh, we did amazingly well. Look at how close we got to the end zone. Woo! Give each other high fives and call it good and call it a day. And you actually miss crossing over the goal line. I want you to see it. just a quick video here. I think this will kind of lock it in. This is a, a CSU's football game. Um, they're playing another team here. And watch this other team uh, go in to score a touchdown and then see what happens. Is it in his possession? Got it. Dropped it on the two-yard line. Now the ruling on the field is touchdown. They're out there to kick. Colorado they, State's going nuts on its sideline. Well, they should be going crazy. They're going to look at this upstairs. He dropped it before he ever scored. <laughs> A little football in there. I hope this just locks this in that here he is, he's crossing the goal line. Man, let's not be the ones that drop the ball before we cross. Okay? We got to take it across the goal line and then we can celebrate that, yes, we now have the crown of righteousness. Okay? You guys up for that? <laughs> uh, got to have a little fun, right? Uh, so let me, let me do this. It's going to wake you guys up a little bit. Can you guys all stand up? And 
I'm just, just going to prepare you here. In just a second, what you're going to do is you're going to begin to pray and prophesy over five people around you. And, and uh, you're going to pray for healing. You're going to prophesy whatever the Lord shows you. And don't walk out the doors. Okay, you can sit down. I'm just teasing. <laughs> Some of you were excited. I know. Okay. Okay, sit down. You can do it afterwards. <laughs> Some of you were like, yes. But I think for the majority of us, there's an overwhelming fear and anxiety that just rises up, right? Did some of you just all of a sudden, did the temperature just go up 10 degrees? <laughs> it's okay to admit it. There is, there is, there is these moments that we have where, where when the Lord calls us into something, all of a sudden our bodies go, <laughs> did you feel it? Come on. You guys are human, right? <laughs> I know most of you felt it. And I probably would have been right there with you. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not prepared. I haven't been in the Word. I'm not like asking the Lord for these things. Like, here's the thing. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon us, He's the one that moves. We have to get over ourselves. We got to deny ourselves and say, it's, it's all for His glory. And He operates in and through us. So that fear that you felt, that anxiety that you felt, that moment of like, ah, <laughs> We're going to have to get past that because guess what? Those things that I was just talking about, those are the things that we are called to do. And this is the safest place to do it. We're actually called to go out and do it, right? We're also called to strengthen the body of Christ. Oh, hear that pound? And the Lord says. <laughs> That's the confirmation, right? <laughs> so... I hope you felt that, like, just that anxiousness. And, and, uh, and this is where I want to encourage you that this is the time. I feel like, guy, it's that let's get it into gear. Let's get out of park and let's begin to operate in the things that we're supposed to operate in. We have to get over ourselves. It's, it's not about ourselves. And when you begin to do these things, it's not for your glory anyway. It's not so people can go, wow, Mike. You did a great job with that prayer. And that word you gave me, that was right on. You did so amazing. And I walk away going, yes, I got it. No. All we're doing is we're stepping into that place. We're denying ourselves and we're saying, it's all for his glory. And when we receive his love, when we operate with his love, abiding in him, it says his perfect love casts out fear. And so we get to operate in this place. We don't, have, we don't need to operate in that fear. It says uh, in 1 Timothy 316, is it? Uh, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Oh, one, one seven. Yeah, one seven. Thank you. Second, okay. It's in the Timothy's. <laughs> Second Timothy one seven. <laughs> There's another scripture verse in it. Um, it's in the word. Thank you. The word says, <laughs> God has not given me a spirit of fear or of, that word is timidity of like, of, I, I can't do that. It's like, no, he's given us the, the boldness. He's given us, he hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power. That's boldness, of love. That's that we're abiding in his love. And it's that, that sound mind. It's, that, it's the mindset of a soldier, of an athlete, and of the farmer. That's what he's given us. And so that's what we need to operate in. 
and laid, when that fear comes in or that, that where your body temperature goes up 10 degrees quickly like that, come against it. Shut it down and continue to move forward. I can, I can tell you this too. Anytime you're feeling that, that's the Lord. If you're feeling that like anxiety and fear, step out into it. Walk right into it. Face it. Face that fear. And I guarantee you'll see God move in a mighty way. I have never been disappointed. Anytime I've stepped into something, God's done amazing things. And not always what I thought he would do. There's times I've prayed for people and they don't get healed. But God moves in other ways and uses me and and other things happen that are even more important. I mean, sometimes I'll pray for people, they don't get healed, but then they accept Christ. Like, I'll take that over healing any day. Because the healing in and of itself doesn't get them to heaven. It doesn't save them. They don't have eternal life through that. They just experience the love of the Father. But, and it's great if he can do both. I've been in, I've, that's, to me, that's the best, is when you pray for somebody, they're healed, you're like, let me, know, let me tell you who, who just did that for you. Do you want him? And they're like, of course, <laughs> absolutely. Who wouldn't? Um, but what we do is we just step out and allow God to move. And he moves according to what he wants to do. We are vessels. We're the, we're the clay vessels as it talks about in 2 Corinthians 4. But so that the all-surpassing power would be in us. It's his all-surpassing power that flows through us. Okay? I want to bring up... Uh, oh, let me just... John, you can come up. And I, I, wanna, I want to... He's going to share some really cool things here. Um, just in, in the life that he's been living. But there's a scripture here. This is Acts 20, 22 through 24. And this is what Paul says. He goes, and now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. So compelled by the Spirit. The Spirit's leading him. He's led by the Spirit. And he says, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. <laughs> However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Guys, this is, this is what it's all about. Like, it is not about us. We were talking about it in the, in the prayer room on Thursdays. We were just kind of sermon prepping, and, and, uh, and Andrew's like, you know, it's... it's like when you look at that, you go, well, that's Paul. But imagine like husband and wife and you got a situation, you know, husband comes home and he's like, I feel like I'm supposed to quit my job. We're going into the mission field. Like, are you in? And she's like, yeah, I think I'm in. But okay, what's the Lord going to do in this? And he's like, oh, I don't know. The only, the only thing I know is uh, we're probably going to have prison and hardships. <laughs> like, he'd be like, wait a minute. That cannot be the Lord. Because the Lord is going to bless us if we go out and do that. He's going to give us everything we need. We're going to, right? Isn't that the mindset that the church has? Like, we have to get over ourselves and deny ourselves. It is not about ourselves. This is what Paul's saying. He's like, I consider my life worth nothing, but that I can finish the race, complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me, and that's the task of testifying to the truth, testifying to the gospel of God's grace. That's what we're here on earth for. So we have to get over ourselves. We got it. It's not about us. 
It's all about him and it's all for his glory. And there are great rewards that we will see. We are laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven, not on earth. That's the shift in the mindset that we need to have. Okay. Can you, you oh. Is this working? You're, you're working. Okay. So, um, and I, I, I didn't tell you, but I switched the, the uh, slides around a little bit. I just put the first one up. So what I want you to do is, if you can, there's some pictures. If you can put the first one up. Um, John Curtis has been in this church with Kimberly. They've been here for about 65 years now. Is that? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> how, how long has it been? A month and a half it'll be. We got married here 28 years ago. And so... Some of the things I'm going to share, it's important to note, i got to give credit to this is the house that we've been a part of, and the fruit of that is because of, of what we're going to share that's become a lifestyle for me has been sitting in this ministry and being here. So stick around, you know, God will use you in, in, in ways that you would never imagine. Yeah. So what's cool is, and what I've seen with John is that that as he goes out and, and he does his, his work the, his, the, to bring in money, at the same time, he's doing the good works. And we've got a light show going on here. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> we've had some problems with our lighting, so this is not a, uh, they're not doing that on purpose. Uh, but uh, but he, you see, I've seen him do the good works in every situation and, and wherever he goes. And not just once, not just twice. He's doing it like three, four times a week and he's just ministering to people in different ways. So, I'm, so I was like, John, you just need to share kind of this mindset that you have and some of the things uh, that, and, and, and the hope that it would spur us on, that it would, it would help us to go, well, if John can do it, I can do it, right? So John, tell us this first okay. picture here. Um, as Mike mentioned, I travel a lot. I gave my life to Christ 43 years ago. I was a wood carver. Turn this way so they can see. I was a wood carver, and I got in front of the wood sign craze, and now I have a graphics business, and we do graphics and sign systems for resorts all over the world. And I always take people with me, either my wife or Don, who's back there. People from my team come, and uh, while, while I've been on trips, they've taken pictures of us just sharing, and God just... Uh, just a lot of divine appointments uh, has become part of a lifestyle. It didn't used to be that way. I used to go down to Koufax when I first got saved and take a van load of guys, and it was more dutiful. But now it's just become a lifestyle. It's just become easy. And that can only happen if you do, like you talked about sowing sparingly. You know, so I sow in abundance, and I have the more divine appointments that I respond to and step out and risk, the more God gives me. And there's other people, many of you know that. I know that John and, uh, and Sarah experienced that too and others. Tracy, you know, the more we get out there and we risk, God shows up. So talk so to us, yeah. Here, what's this right one? here's, uh, this is Eli. Kimberly and I were on the plane. She's in the aisle seat. I'm sitting. Uh, we're going to have a nice quiet time, you know, reading Bill Johnson's book. And this gentleman sat next to us in between the two of us. And he is a a fighter pilot for the German army, but the German army's friends, he came here to Colorado Springs to fly F-16s. So we had five hours with him, and he's an example. I was telling Mike, you know, it's so true. Sometimes we, sometimes we sow the seed, sometimes we water, and sometimes we reap. 
So we have a few examples, and we'll do this quick. Reaping is the most fun, by the way. But this but. was one of those cases. <laughs> so I've been faithful in sowing and sowing, and of course the ultimate is when you can fully lead someone to Christ, pray for them to be filled with the Spirit, and then I've kept in touch with him. All these that we're going to show were all done in just the last year and a half. But a year and a half ago, we were flying from Miami. He sat between us. Within 40 minutes, 50 minutes, it was just, he was so receptive. Uh, I don't even know how it started. We started to talk, and it was very obvious what Kimberly and I believe. And Kimberly was busy doing her book, and she likes reading. And she just kind of left alone, but she was praying. And uh, we led him to the Lord within the first hour. And then the more we shared, I mean, he was just like fruit. He just dropped. I mean, it was, I just had to put my hand out. Now, that meant a lot because how many hundreds of times that hasn't happened. So I felt like it was a reward just to love on him, to, and I gave him my Bill Johnson book. That was really hard for me to do. <laughs> and... Uh, and so, and but then you followed up with him as well. Oh yeah, every, so. I I do scripture verses and photography every day. I send out, and uh, we probably communicate at least every once every week. And it's been a year and a half. So there's something about nurturing too. And he says, "Doesn't go." The Lord said, "Didn't go. Don't go out and make converts. Go out and make disciples." So all these people, almost all of them, are people that I keep in touch with, so and nurture and and care for. And, uh, but he comes here regularly to Colorado Springs, but since then he's been in our home, he's been in my company, um, I don't have the picture there, but I've been in San Francisco on business, linking up with him at the right time, so it's an ongoing investment, and he shared with his family, he's Turkish, his family was Muslim, and uh, so he's just bold telling everybody about Christ. So go ahead and flip to the next one here, and you can see, um, so... All the situations are different. It's not always, it's not the same thing. It's not always on an airplane. It's, it's wherever you are, you're just operating in this place of just listening to the Spirit. And it's the promptings of the Spirit. So like in this situation, John was telling me this. If we had time, we don't have time, I'd have Don come up here. Don, uh, who's with the security, he works for my company, but he travels with me. And we were having dinner uh, on a, on, next to a marina. And we were celebrating. We just finished get doing work for a historic property in Charleston. And, uh, and this couple was there, and I was just drawn. And I think the Lord said all through the scriptures, you see, he was moved with compassion. And I, I don't know what it is, how to explain it, but it is just there was just something about this couple. And I, I believe you guys have so many opportunities and divine appointments. We're just so busy with ourselves, sometimes we miss out. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there having, having dinner uh, with him, and we were still in the middle of dinner. And John's, you're busy, right? You had to catch a, a ferry or? That's another one. Oh, that's This one, one, we finished the work, okay. we're celebrating, gotcha. having a nice time, and we're sitting there, and, but we were, I was, we were in a very good, joyful mood. And uh, I saw this couple, and there was like a, hey, he was trying to tell her something, and um, I called these. I give these all just kind of, this one was, uh, so the first one was salvation. The second, this was uh, stranded. Their communication was stranded, but he was trying so hard to tell her something. And, and she was really wanting to, he couldn't, it just, I just saw this kind of over them, not a word, but it was just stranded, and I don't, I don't know where I got the courage to do this. You don't go up and interrupt somebody who's eating. 
Don does. <laughs> and Don was with me. I mean, Don, right? I mean, I just, I said, pray for me. I'm going for it. And he's going like, and I just went up. And it's kind of like that. Cover me. Here we go. Going in. <laughs> so I, I saw them, and the guy was just so intense, and he was trying to tell her something. Well, he's kind of proposing to her, and he, it just wasn't connecting. And uh, I just said, guys, I don't even know what I said, but I said, hey, uh, I'm not a weirdo. You know? <laughs> I don't want to interrupt you. But I just said, hey, hey, you guys, uh, um, look, I, we're just over here having dinner, and I see you guys are, this is a special moment, I can tell, and the last thing you need is a stranger to come over here. But, you know, uh, I think I might have said I'm a minister, and I just feel there's, this is very significant time, and I, I, I don't even know how I ended up, but I just, just told them, can I pray for you? And they both responded, and I said some other things, but they were just, it was the right time at the right, and I love this verse in Isaiah, uh, chapter 50, verse 4, the Lord has given me the tongue of the disciple that I could sustain one who's weary with a word. He wakens me morning by morning, he teaches my ears to obey. So as I marinate in the Lord and filled with him, he just, these things happen. Sorry, thank you. <laughs> You're the catcher, huh? That's right. any rate, so I ended up praying for them. He's crying. She's crying. Uh, they're thanking me profusely. I don't even know, but the, the other thing we were talking about, it's when you step out is when the Lord, all I knew is I felt compassion. I knew it was the Lord. Something was going on, and I'm risking it. And I went for it, and the Lord showed up. And uh, it was, they were laughing afterwards and all joyful. And, uh, so and good. It, was, it was awesome, awesome time. So we're just going to flip through, just kind of just flip through some of these other ones. Yeah, we won't have time, time to, to go through Saint it. This is St. Martin. This, oh, that was Eric, that last one. Yeah. This guy is ongoing. Every day I send him verses. Uh, he has a passion translation, of course. And you, name you led it. him to Christ, right? But we led him to Christ. Yeah, so that's... He was working at a hotel in... Uh, San Francisco, I do graphics, we did the sign system, he was there kind of watching us, and he told us, he says, well, where are you guys going to party at tonight? Well, we first already kind of connected with him, he thought we were pretty cool, and he says, where are you guys going to go party at tonight? Like, maybe I'd like to go. And we were just kind of in the presence of the Lord, we're just cooking, getting our work done, singing songs and stuff, and uh, I don't even know how, I, I mean, I just exploded on him and said, we're going to party with Jesus, and right now... You can meet him, and, and I don't. I mean, you wouldn't. You normally do that kind of a thing, but that's fit that situation. Just like me talking to those people, he was in that kind of a mood, and I was being kind of playful with him. But I just realized he was receptive, and it was like whoa. And uh, so, so the we, thing we is, there is yeah. So when you're when you're in those situations, don't question what the Lord's doing or how the Lord's doing it. You just this is where you kind of. Faith is, is, Robbie Dawkins says, faith is spelled R-I-S-K, right? That's it. So, so sometimes it doesn't make sense in our mind, but his ways are not our ways. And so it, as we step out in these things, like he's doing there, it doesn't make sense maybe to say, well, we're going to go party with Jesus. But it did make sense in that moment for, for him, and it impacted him right there. And he ends up coming to know Jesus. So it's that, it's that walking just in step with him, walking in obedience with him, and listening to his voice and then moving out. And even sometimes I don't get that word of the weird. It comes when I step out and I started to pray for him. I started to talk about something about his past. God wants to free you from the guilt of your past. Yeah, so you walk up to people. Two years ago, 
him and his daughter, 10-year-old daughter, were driving in San Francisco, and a guy came in front of them with a bike. He ran over him, and the guy passed away in the hospital. So he was haunted with failure in a marriage and guilt, and I didn't know what I was praying into. And that's one of the things we learn in the ministry team with Ray is, you know, when you're praying for people, God will give you things as you step out in faith. And this is, I mean, we're like best friends. It's been two, a year and a half. And, that's uh, good. And, but he got healed of that and delivered. And next trip to San Francisco, we're going to baptize him in the ocean with suits on, no problem. That's go good. Ahead. So I'm just going to so just kind of flip through, go to the next. The, these are just okay. more. The other one was uh, Santana. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Santana, his lead singer, Vargas, was a, we were, I was doing a trade show, design trade show. I'm in the parking lot. I uh, connect with this guy. didn't know who he was. He was wanting to get his car. Next thing I know, he wanted to come see my exhibit, and he said, well, why don't you come to my show? And I said, what's that? Well, um, we're doing Santana. We're, I'm with Santana. I'm his lead singer. And we were in, he paid uh, $300 tickets, got us in. That night, he took us to, uh, we had a party. He had a party and said, will you come? I mean, how many of us are invited to parties? I mean, it just doesn't happen because of the church culture we're in. But it was such an honor that it, at Mandalay that I went up and hung out, and I didn't have to get plastered. And I prayed for two of the drummers on Santana and, and Vargas. And then he invited us back in uh, um, with my wife. She got sick. Dan Lilyblad went with me uh, here, and we were backstage with him and praying with the people. So you never know. And, and how God uses this one is an ongoing thing. Yeah. But it was different than the others. So overall, on these, when you're, when you're going through these things, and is there, are you nervous as you step into it? Most of them, yes. Especially okay. like that couple. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, really truthfully, I'm, I'm kind of feeling the presence of the Lord. There's times, other times, and I'm risking, but I don't have the confidence. I know because of experience the Lord's going to show up. Yeah. Have you ever missed it? Oh, I've missed, but that's, that's the other thing. Or I've been out of it. Some of those people that we showed, uh, I wasn't feeling the groove. When I'm feeling the groove, that's another story because I just gush the Lord, like Leif yeah. says. You know, we just leak Jesus. And, uh, but sometimes but you're not, right? But you still I'm step not, out. Sometimes I'm not, I don't feel it, and there doesn't feel like a connection. And I came, Lord, I'm just really trusting you. And I'd, I'd have to say, every time I leave situations like that, I just praise the Lord, thank him for the opportunity. I did what I was supposed to do to step out. That's right. And it says that his word in Isaiah, his word will not return void. Yeah. And I trust that, that when we sow something of the Lord, and people can feel love. If I was doing the four spiritual laws, and here's the track, and, you know, you need to do this. If you were to die tonight, you know. You don't know where you're going to meet the people at, if you're sowing a seed, watering, or if you're going to, it's the full enchilada, you know? But yeah. the goal is just that out of that love is yeah. they can feel that. So even if they might seem rejecting you, um, I got a note from a, a gal that we, we prayed for uh, like a year and a half ago, just yesterday, saying, your, your life, may, or you made a mark on my life. It's good. Because we'd stepped out. And that was a year later, and I didn't think anything happened. You know. Well, so, give John a anyway, hand. Thanks, guys. John, thank Go you. For it. Bottom, bottom line is just, it isn't that big of a deal. You have, we talked about living hope. We talked about joy. That's in you. 
you know, That's right. you got everything you need. He says, Paul, Peter says, you got everything pertaining to life and godliness. You got the king living in you. We host his presence. Let's carry his presence to people. Amen. And risk it, and you'll see God show up. Amen. And, and John said, oops, here's your notes, John. Uh, John was saying that in all these times, and, and he said it's been hundreds now, not once has there been a regret. And, and I can tell you the same thing in, in my life. Like, I think sometimes we're like, oh, we're fearful in these things, but every single time we step out, and, and it, is, it, is, it takes that risk, but every single time that I've ever stepped out, every time that John's ever stepped out, we've never regretted it. It's never been a regret. Even in the moment, like there was one time in, in Houston where I, I did something, I prayed for somebody who was an employee and I didn't want to do it and I was like, made a deal with the Lord. I'm like, Lord, if you clear out the entire office and he's the only one there, I'll do it. The next day, boom, it was him and me and I was like, dang it. <laughs> so I was like, all right. And I prayed for him for healing and he didn't get healed. And I went home and I was like, God, like, I did my part, and what happened? What I didn't know is the impact that that had on his life and how he said, like, later found out that he went home, talked to his wife about it, and they were in tears over the fact that I would, would pray for him. And, and I was, Christy and I were talking about this, and she's like, what would you tell yourself now? And I was like, oh, if I could go back now, I'm like, I should have, the, the thing I could have done is given him an invitation to accept Jesus. His heart was so ready and I didn't give him that invitation. I just, I tried to pray for him and he didn't get healed. And I was like, well, I guess God, like you didn't show up there. And, but I just want to encourage you, don't stop. Don't like, it's, when it doesn't meet your expectation, don't go, well, I guess that's not for me. It's kind of like, I, I, this is the way I see it, is when you're a, when you're a baby, when you're, you got a little baby, oh, had a little baby over here. Um, when, you're, when you're crawling and you're learning to walk, you don't stand up the first time. You know, did you, did you walk the first time you stood up and be like, got this, start running? No, like you get up and then boom, you fall back down, right? What child has ever gone, well, that didn't work. Not doing that again, <laughs> right? No, you get back up and you got encouragement. People are encouraging you like, man, do it again. Like, yeah, that didn't work out quite right, but you'll get the next one. And, and I think this is the, what we need to get is we need to realize like we, we might be still crawling right now, but this is that. Let's put it into gear. Let's start to, to engage. Let's start to engage with people. Let's do the good works. Let's begin to share the gospel. Let's begin to share his love. And like you said, it's not the four spiritual laws that we're speaking into people. Like don't grab your tract and just, just share the love of Jesus with them. It's that simple, right? Okay, last, just to wrap up here and like, three or four minutes. The, thing, the other thing I just want to say is, in the body of Christ, we talk about doing the good works. It is so critical that we do the good works in the body of Christ as well. Uh, Galatians 6, 9 and 10 says, let us not become weary of doing good. And let me say also, along with doing the good works uh, with the body of Christ, we can't quit. It, Heidi Baker says it this way, if you don't quit, you win. It's that simple. It's not complicated. If you don't quit, you win. And listen to this. It says, let us not become weary of doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up, if we don't quit. So we press on to the mark of the high calling. We continue on. We go after. 
what God has already set before us and has already planned out for us, we go after that as an athlete, as a, as a soldier, as a farmer. We sow into that. It goes on to say in the next verse, it says, Let, therefore, as we have opportunity, and this is what John was just referring to, there are so many opportunities that come up. What happens is the busyness of our life actually shuts down the move of the Holy Spirit. We are so busy in the things that we do. And, and let me say, I'm, I'm the pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> if, you, if you know, I'm always running around the church. To like, like it's always that like, ah, oh, I got one more thing to do. And, uh, but it's that busyness that actually shuts down our ability to just hear the Spirit and move in things. Because we're like, I'm so busy, I'm running my path. It's like the, Samaritan, the Good Samaritan, right? Like everyone who had a, the task, they had the things they had to get done, they just walk on the other side of the street and keep going. We have to stop for the one in front of us. We have to love the people that are right in front of us. There's so many opportunities. And, and it's, we've missed so many opportunities. Let's not miss those opportunities. Let's start to take advantage of those things. So that's this, therefore, as we have opportunity, let's do good to all people. So don't, this is the other thing. Don't wait for that, like, go to that person and preach to him and tell him this and then pray for him and then he'll get healed and then you're going to bring him to Christ and, and then you're like, okay, I got the plan and now I'm going. Just like John said, there's a lot of times we have no idea. We just have that. We're compelled by the Spirit. We move, we step out, and then he begins to, to show us what it is and we begin to speak the, these just whatever it is that he has in that moment. It's that, it's that risk in it. It's that faith, but it's faith without works is dead. So we operate in the works, okay? So, and it, so back to that verse. It says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong in the family of believers. There's something so important about being the body of Christ, working together in unity. I'm not going to take you here just because of time, but Romans 12, uh, verses 3 through 8, talks about this. It talks about just the different gifts that come from the Spirit. So it's grace. It's by His grace. It's through the Spirit that we have these gifts. It's not us. It's not our own ability. If you think that you're doing really well and this is my gifting and this is what I have, no, it's by His grace. So don't take pride in it. Don't think you're all that because you're not. (laughs) But use what you've been given in the moment for His body to strengthen the body because you do play a part. The body of Christ, (laughs) people always say, oh, be the hands and feet of Jesus. I don't know where that came from, but there are more than just hands and feet. It's a whole body. And and so you're not just a hand and you're not just a foot. You may be an eye or an ear or a nose or a leg or an arm, but the point is, is we each play our part. And when one part doesn't play its part, For all you guys in here, if one of you is a foot and we're running in a marathon and you decide not to do your part, guess what happens to the rest of the body? Like, (laughs) right? I got a limp foot here that's not playing their part. Everybody, everyone else is moving along, but that darn foot is just kind of rolling along there and it affects the entire body. When it says, uh, uh, when the body, when part of the body suffers, all suffer, It's not a command that we're supposed to suffer with the body. It's an actual fact. When part of the body suffers, the body suffers. When part of the body is honored, the rest of the body gets to rejoice with that. 
It's just a matter of fact. It's, it's, it's because we're the body of Christ. It's because we're one in spirit. We have one spirit, but we all play different parts. And guess what? It's not by coincidence that we all have a different part. The spirit knows and sets it up like that. You're in here. You're here for such a time as this, and your part is to be played, and the spirit has given you grace in that, but you've got to actually step out and do it. You can, and, if, and it's not about you. It's about the rest of the body being the body. So if, when we all step up and play our part, oh, watch out, devil. Like we are going to be a force to reckon with. This is the body of Christ becoming the bride. Like this is where we step up and we play our part. We all begin to move and we all begin to do what we're called to. And I do my part, you do your part, you do your part. And man, now we're operating in the fullness of Christ. It's, the, it's Ephesians. Um, okay. So don't quit. I just, here's what I'm going to end with. There's some, some practical ways. If we can just put up, um, there's some practical ways that even in this church right now, if you're part of this church, like this, we talked about this a while back. This is not a consumer church. This is a, like we're family, right? When, when you go have Thanksgiving dinner all together, you don't just come and say, what's for dinner? Right? We're all playing a part. You're cutting up the potatoes. You're doing this. So, as even in this church, like this is not, well, this is the church and I'm just, I just get to be a part of it, just part, partake in it. No, like this is your church. If you don't like something about the church or something that's happening, fix it. Like <laughs> let's do this together. Let's become the church. And so these are just things I just kind of threw up here. There's so many other things. But uh, I put <laughs> Winter Shelter Network laundry. We had somebody come in. They had eight bags of laundry that they're doing for our Winter Shelter Network. Uh, they're like, boy, it'd be great if, if we could get somebody else to help with this. It's a simple thing. Of, hey, just grab some bags. We have to do laundry. We've got uh, homeless women and, and children every week uh, that we're blessing and we're keeping in our, on Saturday night, they're, they're staying uh, in, our, in our gym. But then we have to do the laundry every week. It's these, it's these we call them menial tasks, but there are things that we have to do as we're blessing people and this is the body being the body and, and we're all playing our part. But there are, there are things like that that you, that you can do. There's you know, helping out with the children's wing from babies up to middle school. There's handiwork that can be done. If, you, if you're like, oh man, I've seen this thing and it's been like a mess for a year. Hey, like, grab a hammer. <laughs> uh, sustainable community. We just were given 38 acres out in Kiowa to build a sustainable community. Uh, we get to build homes for, for like transitional homes for the homeless and homes for the elderly to house them. Um, and, and we get to come up with a plan, and, and we're going to do this. And these are things, but we need help. Can't do this on our own. There's, and this is not a comprehensive list here. Uh, but help with the school. We've got a regional school that we're, uh, that's becoming a regional school next year. We've got like 10 pastors, senior pastors that are going to be part of this leadership of this school. But we need help with the school. We need help with uh, dinner at the Rock, cleanup. So many times there's like just the same people are always cleaning up afterwards. We've served, we're at the, we're over 49,000 people now have been fed on Wednesday night. Uh, we bring people in and, and it's amazing. Yeah, give, you guys can give yourselves a hand because it's a huge deal. 49,000 meals that we've served. We're going to hit, we're hoping we hit the 50,000 mark by the end of December here. Uh, Inner City Ministry, we've got AV. You can help with AV back here, slides, greeters, ushers. We always need more people just to greet, to love on people. Um, Freedom Ministries, just, just praying over people. Uh, 
impacting people's lives. We've got the coffee shop you can help there. Mission trips. We've got mission trips you can, that you can be a part of. Help with the family brunch that we do once a month on Sundays. Uh, intercessors. We need intercessors. We've got to, we pray before the service for an hour. We need more intercessors. We need people praying. That room's packed, which is awesome, but that's not enough. We need more people to pray. Uh, we have fervent prayer once a month. Be a part of that. We have life group leaders that we need. We need more life groups. So there are so many things that we can do, but let's be the church and play your part. And here's what I would encourage you. I'm going to ask two people, uh, um, Sarah and Teresa, to be in the back. And they're just going to, this is just kind of an action step. If, that's, if this stirs your heart, you may have no idea what your gifting is or what you're supposed to do. The point is, is just say yes. Uh, so you can just sign up. We'll just, I can sit down with you. Somebody else can sit down with you and just say, okay, let's, let's see where, what are some things that are stirring your heart that you may want to be a part of. There's so many other things in addition to that uh, that, that you can be a part of. Um, but it's just saying yes to par- participating in this and being the body of Christ. We're here to, to raise, to, well, to be the body, and we're here to impact the world. Okay? You guys want to stand? <sighs> Amen. Was this convicting at all? <laughs> you guys going to come back next week? <laughs> I love you. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yes, that was the prayer I was going to have. <laughs> and Christy, yes. Uh, well, let's just put our hands out. And uh, this is the simple prayer. God, what would you have me do? Today, I feel there's, there's the, the, the short term, just what God wants us to do in the moment. There's also there's the assignments that he has for each of us. There are assignments that he has for your life. So, Lord, right now, as we just have our hands out, Lord, we, we have our hands out in a way of just surrender to you. We deny ourselves. We deny the pleasures of life, the worries of life, the riches of life. And we say, God, we want to live for you. We want to live in your will. Holy Spirit, would you lead us and guide us? Lord, as we, as we begin to kick it into gear, as we begin to not just operate in neutral or in park, but as we begin to move out, as we begin to step forward, or that we would be led by your spirit. Would you lead us and guide us? Lord, I thank you that as we arise, as we shine, or that your glory comes upon us, that we get to live a glorious life in you, the life that you actually created us for, designed us for. So Father, I pray for an empowering in each person. I pray this is a commissioning This is a baton being passed to say, go. Go out and do the good works that you're created for. Stay in that love. Remain in his love. And let that love overflow us. Let it be the overflow that touches lives, that impacts lives. Lord, we give you all the glory. It is for your glory. May fear not hold us back, but may we have that power and that love and that sound mind by your Holy Spirit. Give us the grace to accomplish everything that you've called us to by your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen.